0: If you've been struggling to lose weight despite feeling like you have your calories and exercise in check, then this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show is for you.
1: Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show, where each week you will hear the real world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master their health productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and World Championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 69 of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. Today on the show, I am thrilled to welcome back my buddy, Dr. Brad Dieter, where we continue our conversation about all things metabolism, nutrition, and health, but we take things a step further as we talk about some of the factors outside of just diet and exercise, that can really be at the root of why our metabolism is far more than just a calculator, relying on calorie-in and calorie-out feedback mechanisms. Instead, we talk about things that can impact weight like emotions, like sleep, and things like persistent and chronic stressors that really set the foundation for how and why our body functions the way it does. I'm I'm pretty positive that you're going to enjoy this episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our first conversation, I would strongly encourage you to do that. You can find that at bslnutrition.com forward slash episode 50 and make sure to check out Brad's work over at eattoperform.com as well as you can obviously connect with Brad on Facebook. Uh, Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Brad Dieter, welcome back to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show. What's up, brother?
2: Hey Ben, thanks for having me on. It's uh, great to connect with you again, and looking forward to diving into the the conversation. And yeah, things are good over here. Just been kind of a crazy couple months. Had some big product launches, and kind of a just crazy start to the year. But things are all good.
0: I can't get over the the amount of stuff that it looks like you're always doing. <laughs> <laughs> through social media and stuff. Tell me, tell us what's been going on. Like, what are you working on right now?
2: Oh man. It's, um, I've got quite a few irons in the fire. Um, we just launched that big, uh, nutrition certification through NASM. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Congratulations on that.
2: Yeah. I hope, I hope a lot of people are able to take it. It's, it turned out way better than I could have possibly imagined. Um, I was able to work through some of the the final product that I got to finally see when they launched it. Um, and it's, it's, pretty phenomenal. So the people who, people who did the heavy lifting um, did a great job with it. So that took up a lot of um, pretty much September through about January of my life. That was a huge focus. Um, I had that. I've got some biotech work that I've been doing, um, kind of consulting work and trying to bring a few biotech companies to market. And then we have each perform, which is our coaching company right. that's um, slowly transitioning into a, uh, a software company too. So, um, that's been kind of, uh, that's been on my plate as well. So yeah, things have been, things have been good. And then just, you know, all the other, you know, stuff here and there that pops up. So it's been just lots of different things going on.
0: Well, it's highly admirable that the amount of things that you're up to in the nutrition space and all of the different realms. And it's been really cool to watch you, uh, you know, just see how you're progressing from academia into Technology and into education, and really covering the entire spectrum of nutrition. So, I have so much respect for what it is that you do, you know. And obviously, you're just a cool dude, and I enjoy talking to you, which is why you're back on the show for a second (laughs) round. But, you know, you've got just great information to share with our listeners that I think is really valuable information. And it's not just like in our last episode. So if you guys didn't listen to my last interview with Brad, it's episode 50. So go to bslnutrition.com slash episode 50, and we get into the nitty-gritty in terms of metabolism and talking about calorie expenditure and uh, basal metabolic rate and all of the science-y stuff that I think is relevant. We talk about intermittent fasting. We talk about ketogenic diets, but it's cool to kind of go beyond that now and talk about how we're implementing that stuff and ways to help people be more successful, despite all of us understanding that it's about calorie control. How do we do that? And so with the certifications and you've got a book coming out too, don't you?
2: Yeah, we just launched uh it's, it's kind of an ebook um, that we just launched. It's probably three weeks ago. Um, and so that's, that's open to the public. And, and that one was uh, it was really a, you know, Taking all the science that you can think of with nutrition and applying it in kind of a good structure um, and then and explaining that structure to people. So the goal with it was, you know, we wanted to put together um, all of these ideas that we've learned from, you know, my scientific career to my career as a practitioner working with people um, to, you know, how you d- build a company around something um, and taking all those ideas and giving them to people in like a tangible way that they can understand it and implement implement it on their own. Um so that was kind of the the whole drive of that book. Well who's the book for? Uh so the book really is for you know anybody who is interested in figuring out a lifelong approach to you know weight loss, staying healthy, um, and people who are interested in kind of their health from a perspective of having control over it, right? I think a lot of times when we get into the dieting spaces most of the messages are not about like giving you lifelong control over things um it's really about like getting you to do one thing for a short period of time and hoping for a result and so the idea was how can i give you all the tools for a lifetime of success um in in short and compact of a way as possible
0: would you be interested in going through a couple of the big principles in the book and sharing
2: those? yeah we absolutely
0: we can talk through some of those
2: yeah So, you know, one of the big things that we wanted to start with with the discussion is kind of uh, uncovering this mystery of metabolism, right? I think when people hear that word, either they have the wrong conception of it um, or they just don't know what it is at all. And so the... Um, I'm actually giving a talk on this next weekend, and my my definition of, of metabolism is it's it's not a thing, it's a thing of things, um, yep. and that's, that's like my most accurate definition of it, and what it really is is it's kind of the sum of your whole body, right, right. Um, and it's daily activity, and that's really what your metabolism is, and if you can understand that and the key pieces of it, you have a lot more control over it. Um, I think a lot of times people have this idea, it's this black box and they don't know what it is and they don't have any control. And so your metabolism is really made up of about four main components. Um, And the nice thing is you have control over about three of them, um, which is awesome, right? You can control three of the four knobs that dictate your metabolism. So the four pieces are what we'll call your basal metabolic rate, um, which is just the amount of calories your body burns to stay alive, and that's, you know, largely based on the, the physical makeup of your body, right? Height, right. weight, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, sex in general, um, that kind of stuff. Right. And that's the one that you can't really change. Um, you know, from on a day to day basis, you can change it a little bit over time, but largely that's a little bit out of your control. Right. If I was born, um, you know, a five foot female, I don't really have control over that. Um, so that's the one you can't control. Then the other three are things you can control. Some you have a lot more than others. So the second one is called non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which right. is the the nickname is NEAT, right? And that is just all the physical activity that you accumulate throughout the day that's not structured exercise, right? So it's you know walking from the couch to the fridge, it's walking from your car to the office, it's taking the stairs instead of um, you know taking the elevator, it's anything physically active. That's not structured exercise. Then you have your structured exercise activity, um, and then you have what we call the thermic effect of food. So it's it's kind of like you know how you have to you know taxes you basically pay to work, <laughs> um, right. so to speak. Um, thermic effect of food is like the tax on eating, right? It it takes some energy to break down the food you eat to turn that into usable energy for your, your body, um, and so that's those are the those are the four pieces. And the way I kind of like to simplify that is. Your basal metabolic rate is kind of your, you can't really control it. Um, mm-hmm. Exercise and non-exercise activity is all of your, your movement or locomotion. So the cost of being a human who can interact with the world. And then the other one is just the cost of being able to use food. Um, and so if you can kind of wrap your mind around those three pieces of your metabolism, it's really easy to start to realize what you can do and adjust to change your metabolism. So that's the first thing we talk about in the book. And what's important about that piece um, that I don't think a lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about is if we look at pretty much every study in the world that's ever been done on whether it's um, weight loss or maintenance of weight loss, the thing that explains the largest difference um, in terms of metabolism between people who are successful weight loss maintainers or successful weight loss people, is the non-exercise activity piece. Um, Mm, Interesting. And and that's shown up in virtually every study that's examined it. And it's a pretty large proportion of the explanation. Um, And if you were to put like a weight on it, so let's say, you know, people who lose weight, they lose a lot of their body mass, some of their metabolism decreases just because you have less body mass. The amount... That explains the people who regain weight or don't lose any more weight, due to their just basal metabolic rate changing, is anywhere from five to fifteen percent, um, and the non-exercise activity is anywhere from you know fifty to seventy-five percent of that explanatory value, uh, and that's independent of you know big changes in dietary adherence. So that piece of your metabolism, which is controllable, is the biggest explainer of success kind of in the, the weight loss, weight loss maintenance sphere.
0: And what does that look like for most people? When we talk about the non-exercise uh, activity, thermogenesis, how do we control that? What does that look like? Put that into perspective.
2: Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of ways that it manifests, right? There's kind of the, the unconscious piece, right? Some people are just unconsciously moved more than others, right? I'm sure, you know, people who can like just sit on the couch for hours at a time Um, and then, you know, people who are just fidgety people, like I'm a very fidgety person. Um, and so that's a part of it. And then there's kind of the, the cognitive piece of like, I need to go move. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I need to go for a walk. I need to park further. I need to, um, you know, take the stairs instead of the elevator. So there's kind of the structured cognitive awareness piece. And there's just the unconscious habit piece. And what's interesting about that is. Um, there's, there've been a few studies that have actually like taken people and like separated them into people who've lost weight and maintained weight and people who've lost weight and regained weight. And then, you know, kind of after that, put them in like rooms and just watched their behavior and the amount of time that people would like get up, move around, fidget, just do stuff, um, versus people who just kind of sat around and read a book for hours is that was a big explanatory piece for the people who are weight loss maintenance people and people who re- regained weight. So just kind of even this unstructured, unconscious movement piece that people don't think about is a big piece of that too.
0: And so is that something that's just inherent in our DNA? I mean, you said it's unconscious, but is it something that can be a learned response that we can start to actively integrate daily so that you know, we can increase that energy expenditure?
2: Yeah, I don't know how much research has been done on the kind of genetic wiring of people in that regard, but it's very much, we do know a lot of it's a learned behavior here. You know, it's it's your environment, it is your kind of culture, it is just the habits you develop over time. Um, So a lot of that kind of quote-unquote unconscious piece is learned behaviors. It's very much just like any other behavior in your life. Um, You know, a lot of people, their kind of unconscious choices are just learned behaviors that they've just it's just repetition Um, sure that
0: that makes a lot of sense and and isn't it isn't it impacted by our energy intake as well as in terms of our caloric intake
2: yeah and that's probably one of the most interesting aspects of it um so for example there was a paper published in the new england journal back in i think it was like 1995 where they took people and they randomized them to um, either gaining 10% of their body weight or losing 10% of their body weight. And what was interesting is when they had people gain body weight, um, their total energy expenditure increased by about a thousand calories a day. Um, I think the number was like 900 calories a day. And almost all of that was from, they just started moving more. Um, they had more energy coming in and they just started moving more. On the other side, the people who lost 10% of their body weight, they saw a reduction in energy expenditure know of close to six or 700 calories a day. And almost all of that reduction was explained by their, you know, their non-exercise activity. So just their movement. So it, that, that non-exercise activity level fluctuates quite a bit based on the food coming into the system.
0: That's so interesting. And I think it's such a salient point because when we talk about metabolism and people want to think about their metabolism as something that either, it works or oftentimes they think about my metabolism just isn't working for me or it's damaged, quote unquote damaged, or, you know, it's slow or something like that. But then if we can put into perspective, well, maybe it's responding to what you were doing or what your environment is or what you've, uh, the stage that you've set for success or failure to the degree that maybe you've consistently had very low calorie intake for an extended period of time to the degree that your body is now uh you know it's it's just basically mirroring what it wants to do
2: yeah and what's really interesting about that is um i'll just pull this data up because i i have it for this talk um in front of me so you know there's that's one of the narratives that's been really talked about quite a bit over the last you know several decades is this idea of metabolic damage metabolic right. adaptation um, kind of the inherent dangers of dieting etc um, and one of the most famous studies that actually kind of looked at this directly was actually done in the 1940s um, and it was the Minnesota starvation experiment so they took people and they basically put them on um, you know what we would call right you know modern- day a pretty the aggressive diet, right? It was, you know, they went from their average calorie intake was a little over 3,000 a day and they dropped them down to, it was about 1,600, 1,700 calories a day. So it's about a 1,400 calorie a day deficit, right? Which is now what we would take people, you know, 2,000, 2,500 and decreasing them to 600 to 1,000 calories. So this would be kind of one of those like medical weight loss diets. Um, right. And they actually tracked like when you lose weight, what happens to your this baseline metabolism. Um, and what they found was that there's a, there's a reduction in metabolism due to loss of body weight, but then any kind of metabolic change on top of that body weight adjustment is very minimal. Um, and it's, you know, it's not this massive amount. So even in a huge, you know, starvation type response is it's only about a hundred to 150 calories a day at most in the most extreme situations. So these, this idea of metabolic damage, you know, really is, if it's there, requires pretty extreme intervention and is still relatively small.
1: hmm
0: How do we think about some of the long-term effects from significantly reducing calories and why it's a bad idea? And I think about the, you know, the biggest loser type scenarios, and obviously that's extreme, but I think it's the, a, a very good representation of what is possible uh, and probable when we do these types of things
2: yeah so there's there's just there's a lot to unpack there um, so I'll I'll try to do it quickly is you know one one of the things that we we just talked about is when you severely restrict food your your desire to move around is okay. severely inhibited right so just your kind of natural inclinations or tendencies are going to gravitate towards being more inactive Um, you know, less engaged in the world, less doing things. Right. So that's kind of the first thing is, you know, severe restrictions for a long period of time change a lot of your behaviors. Right. So that that's number one. Um, The second thing that I do think is important for people to realize is just reducing calories really only has one direction of effect. uh, Right. Is you get a reduction in energy intake you get body weight loss, and that itself comes with a lot of health benefits, but your body's not adapting to a lot of positive stimuli, right? Like, you're not, you know, robustly increasing your body's ability to do work. You're not increasing your cardiovascular capacity dramatically. You're not improving your strength, your bone density, um, your ability to have high metabolic flux. So you're really only adjusting things one way. Um, And I think that's the other important thing to realize is – um, there's that piece and then you know, one of the other things that's important to note is you know in things like the Biggest Loser or these massive weight loss um, You know experiments I'll say is one of the issues that comes up is You have this problem and this we see this a lot in the, the bariatric surgery literature is you know people will start at this really high point and then they'll hit this pretty low extreme low point point. And that extreme low point is really not kind of what their new normal should be. Um, right. and they spend a lot of time trying to stay at that new normal, and they start to get more restrictive, more restrictive. They have less energy coming in, so they're less motivated to move, so they're expending less energy, and they kind of just get trapped in this, you know, how do I get back to that lowest number I ever saw? Yeah, um, sure. That's the other thing that comes with that, too.
0: Yeah, and that's not, you know, what we talked about last time was that whole set point theory and how the body might have this sort of this natural tendency to want to be at a certain weight based on your height or age or sex. And that can vary a little bit as you as you get older, but it's sort of this 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 baseline level that the body wants to be at. And when we go down that road of of starvation and over exercises, essentially, we're just backing ourselves into a corner and there's really no direction to go because we've limited our resources and and we haven't really optimized our hormonal function or our, our you know muscle function and and really potentially creating some issues obviously long term.
2: Yeah, and I think that's you know that's one of the most difficult pieces is when you get to a point where you feel like you have no options, right? Um, you know one of the hard parts is, you know, we'll hear this narrative of somebody saying, you know, I'm eating 1200 calories a day and I'm not losing any weight. And then people will say, well, you're not actually eating 1200 calories a day. It's like, that doesn't really help the situation, right? You, you have an individual who's probably been, you know, in a, in a mindset of dieting for a substantial amount of time. Um, they've kind of got to a point where they're not seeing any more results. Um, and even if they're, you know, tracking food intake isn't great. I mean, the answer to that solution is not let's get more extreme, right? Right. It's how do we change the narrative and change the approach for a while to get them back in a different direction? Um, Because Mm -hmm. you can't can't always just go to the the most aggressive approach. Um, And a lot of times, if it's an extended period, you need to change your approach to the problem.
0: Hey, brother. Are you struggling to find the energy to function at your best as a businessman, father, and husband? I want you to know you're not alone. And sadly, the conventional wisdom these days around healthy eating and exercise that has saturated the mainstream is flat out wrong. If you wanna find the solution to optimizing your energy and body composition without restrictive dieting, soul-crushing workouts, or adding more to your already stressful and overflowing schedule, so that you can finally function like the man you know you can be, then we need to chat. Are you ready to move from exhausted to energized by working smarter, not harder? Go ahead and schedule your free strategy call at www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up. I'm looking forward to our conversation and enjoy the rest of the show. Well, that's why I like talking about the metabolism and, and, and when, we, when we break it down and understanding the capabilities of saying, if I actually focus on becoming um, more metabolically flexible or putting on more muscle mass or creating a larger uh, engine, if you will, then there's potentially more things that I can do, more directions that I can go. I can manipulate my calories more frequently, I can manipulate my exercise, and therefore I can optimize my hormonal function and not and not feel like I'm just going down the road of of backing up, backing up, backing up before my, you know, I'm against the wall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: With that said, is I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people feel like they're in a position where it's like, hey, Brad, you know, I've been limiting my calories. I feel like I'm tracking. I exercise all the time and I'm stuck. I'm just stuck with where I am. What do you think are some of the other factors at play that go beyond just, you know, the calories in, calories out? I mean, do you think that, you know, some of the behavioral, maybe some of the psychosomatic, are those some of the things that you've looked into or addressed with with your practice?
2: yeah, and you know that's the that's the part where it's like a lot of the the hard science kind of goes out the window right um, a lot of it's I just call it like fishing for the right answer mm-hmm. is, you know trying to navigate where somebody is in kind of their headspace and um, kind of their psychological space and all the other pieces um, you know typically when you get a scenario like that where you have an individual who you know either claims or is, you know, having a very low calorie intake, they have what they would call, you know, pretty excessive exercise, um, and they're not seeing any results. There's typically more to that story than, like, they're a perfect robot. Um, And it's, you know, it's just a – the math equation isn't adding up. I mean, the math equation isn't adding up, but there's a lot of layers on top of that, right? Um, And that's where you then kind of start picking at the other pieces and not just – okay, where's the calorie? Like, where is my accounting gone wrong? Right? It's kind of like, um, the analogy I make is if you come into a, a business, right? And you look at the, the profit and loss statement and you notice that there's like, you know, your, your net income is not good because you have expenses and you have, um, you know, revenue issues, you've kind of got a few approaches, right? You can go in and count all the beans and you can try to find where the holes are for money and why you're not generating revenue or you can start and kind of take a look at the company culture, right? And see which, what's the issue? Is it, do I need to have better bean counting or do I need to address like, why has revenue dropped, you know, 70% this year? My whole sales staff hates their job. That's why. Right. So it's kind of trying to figure out where is, where it's at. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's a big component though. I mean, I feel like it's a big component. It's something that, you know, we can talk about and we've been talking about this. Like when you go down the science road and and you get an understanding of that, but then you start working with, and obviously I enjoy talking about this with you because you've gone both directions. When you get beyond just counting the numbers and understanding like, well, you know, what's your day-to-day look like? It's one thing to on paper to say, this is your calories and and this is your exercise and that's good and all good and well, but how stressed out are you? How happy are you with your life? Do you hate your job? You know, what's going on internally? What's your sleep look like? Uh, what's your digestion look like? All of these things are, are very relevant that, you know, we may not, be, uh, you know, may not be paying attention to that people may not understand how relevant they are at the end of the day
2: yeah you know that's funny is uh you bring that up because that's whenever i take on new clients i um, and I kind of have like our intake call so to speak is that's the first conversation we have it's like hey you know they'll be like hey let me tell you about all the food i'm like well just tell me what your day-to-day life looks like let's yeah. start there let me get a picture of who you are before we dive into the the math of your body because
0: yeah the,
2: i mean the math is kind of the the easy part right it's like that's it that's, that's not difficult. Like me telling you how many calories you should eat and what your exercise should be is, is super easy. Um, from like a numerical standpoint, it's how do we, how do we address everything else too?
0: Yeah. It's interesting. I had a client recently, I joke with them sometimes. It's like, yeah, dude, you're going to have to quit your job. It's, <laughs> it's like serious, not serious, you know? It's, yeah like this is something that's obviously an, a major internal stressor for you and I can sense it from you and obviously you're telling me that your day-to-day is just just nuts to the degree that it's impacting every area of your life and, and frankly you're just miserable but sure. we joke about it and so I had a guy I have a client who who recently kind of quit his his day job and he has a, a, a second venture that he's now gone off into and he's so much happier and all of a sudden it was sort of like he just released you know, just yeah. kind of like released a certain amount of weight. I think it was, you know, five or six or seven pounds just kind of dropped off of him. And so we think about it's, and the same thing happens like when people go on vacation and they just like are able to just chill out and you're like what changed? Well, I wasn't even really thinking about the food that I was eating. I was actually drinking more and, but the the, the role that the stress plays is so imperative. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I actually um, – two things is I had a client, exact same scenario. He was stuck for 12 months. He took a job somewhere else, moved, and within like two weeks, noticed huge improvements. And he's like, what changed? And my only response was everything, right? Like you just changed your environment. Um, and then a good friend of mine, he has a – he's been in this space for a while, and he has a quote of his, his uh, you know, fat loss or weight loss is not – doesn't mean that you have your macros in order. It means you have your life in order, um, and yeah. I think you know for a lot of people that that is true. Um, you know, obviously, there's it. It does fundamentally come down to the math equation, but that math equation is not a math equation. It's it's a very complicated human system.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm glad we're talking about this because it it is the. It's the most, in my opinion, I mean, it's the most important component. So it's like when we work with people and we understand, like I understand I want you, that you want to lose weight. But why, are, why do you want to lose weight? Why do you feel like you need to be at this certain point? Why do you want to feel better about your life? What are you searching for? And so oftentimes, and I think you talked about this when we first spoke, was you're in the business of helping people achieve not just an after but an after after it's like Mm -hmm. what does their life look like after they achieve that desired outcome you know whatever six months or a year later because we always just see the before and after photos but then how frequently do we see people that just rebound right back like we're talking Mm -hmm. with some of the metabolic stuff or just going back to their regular lifestyle and and oftentimes and i don't know if you experience this as well but oftentimes when we work with people is we work towards that said goal, but often along the journey, they realize that it's not actually that important, the number that they were originally searching for. Rather, it's, it's the journey that they were after, it's the process, it's how they've started to change their lifestyle, the people that they're surrounding themselves with creating a better relationship with food, creating a better relationship with themselves, loving themselves more, thereby being able to love other people more. So it's this pretty profound uh, process, right?
2: Yeah, it's, it's so multifaceted. Um, and I think that's one of the most interesting pieces of all of it, right, is it's, it's all the collateral that comes with solving one small problem. Um, and what it takes to actually solve that problem. And I think the other, the other key piece to that too is, and you know, I'm, I'm not that old, so I don't have a ton of clout in terms of like wisdom and experience, but like, just like the rest of your life, your body weight and your body composition is never perfectly stable, right? It's always going to be up and down and you're going to have highs and lows. And if you can figure out the tools to control that narrative, that's, That's the end goal, right, is you're not going to hit like this perfect physique and be able to sustain it for 30 years. It's do I now have the tools to control it when I want to control it Um, Mm -hmm. or when I have the mental capacity to control it or when I have, you know, the environmental capacity, right? I'm sure you've had periods of your life and your career where it's like, yes, I am a professional in this space, but I have so many things going on that like me being in my peak physical form is just not where all of my priority needs to be. So I know that I can get back there if I need to, but I need to pull back a little bit. Like I can't be in the gym twelve hours a day. Like food's right. gonna have to be a little more um, convenient. That it is perfect, but you you have that skill set to go back to.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. it was, you know we want to help people create the environment that will allow them to go where they want to go with their physique and and acknowledge you know when there's a time and place and having the awareness to do so to the degree that they understand like i've got a month of travel coming up i'm going to do the best i can and not freak out about it and but i do have the strategies in place to be able to eat healthfully you know and do what my body needs throughout and when i get back i can dive in a little more aggressively because it makes sense to do so as opposed to just stressing excessively about the fact that you're eating out more frequently or entertaining clients or or whatever I just can't express uh, the importance of that enough so far beyond it and, and now I feel like when we you know when we talk with clients and talk with everyday people it's it's just helping people understand and not worry so much about the minutia. and I realize with that said, I realize we kind of are digging into metabolism and the neat and the teff and the you know all of these percentages of influence. And that's not really, it's not really, it's relevant, but it's not really that important. Right. So when you're worrying about like, should I be eating quinoa or should I be eating brown rice? It's like, dude, that's, that's not
2: the conversation that we need to be having right now. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the, how many walks did you go for this week conversation, right? Of like, okay, is that a structural thing that you've put into your life? Um, What, what also is really interesting about this topic is like that, basically that scenario you just brought up is what every person asks, right? Like those are the questions that is, as a, you know, a coach or a practitioner, we get asked the most. And it's regardless of what demographic I've worked with, right? Whether it's, I mean, I have, I have clients, I have a big load of clients who are training to be special forces, you know, uh, men and women, right? I have, um, clients who are trying to lose 200 pounds. I have, you know, clients who are trying to be professional athletes. And a lot of the cognitive focus people put on are those things of like, Hey, when should I be eating my, my banana? Like right before I work out or right after, (laughs) Um, you know, like what form of supplement should I be taking instead of putting the cognitive energy into the big structural things. Uh, but I, I think that happens across all fields because I think about, you know, um, like my day-to-day life too. Like I do the same thing. Is it's easier to ask those specific questions that are easy problems to solve? Like in terms of willpower, energy that goes into it, et cetera, Versus the big picture question, mm-hmm. you know, of like, you know, am I structuring my life around health? Am I actually meal prepping? Am I actually going to the gym when I'm saying I'm going to the gym? Those are like, those are the more simple things to do, but require a lot more energy than the you know deciding between two types of rice right and that's right. that's where a lot of the like juxtaposition comes into play
0: yeah well I, I think that's a good uh, just a good segue point talking about structure and planning and I'm interested you know you get a lot done it seems like you get a lot done um, and I'm interested to kind of if you don't mind you know, sharing or enlightening us a little bit on that is how you do that. Like how do you structure your day to be able to have that focus time so much so that you can get everything done and, and create so much?
2: I think it's uh I would say there's probably three main things, um or three main ways I'm able to do that is one is I have kind of structured my whole life to be like accumulating skills. Right. Um, and so being able to do a lot of things very well allows you to work very quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. writing, I've probably, I've spent the last 20 years of my life just learning how to write really effectively, really, really quickly. So if I have to write something, it takes me probably 15% of the time. It takes most people just cause I've, hone that skill through repetition. Um, So that's the first thing is just, I have a lot of skills that I'm able to draw from and work really quickly. Um, uh, So that's the first thing is just having the skill set to be able to do things efficiently. Um, The second thing would be, like, I find every window to get something done, right? Like, I don't, like when I get up in the morning, I don't take an hour and a half to get rolling. Like Damn. I get up, I fire on the coffee pot, I open my laptop, I clean up all the, I call it the detritus from the day before, right? Like all the, all the emails I got overnight that need to be off my plate, all the tiny little things that need to be taken care of, um, those get done while like coffee's going, right? Um, and like if I'm between meetings and I have five minutes, I work on things. So I don't let, I just, I just don't get distracted and don't let periods of more than a couple minutes go by without getting something done. Um, so that's the other thing. And then probably the other, the last piece is I've just been doing things like this for so long that it's just normal, right? I think most people, they kind of have a a lifestyle and a mindset of like they just do one thing all day and that's their job. And since I've been, you know, 20 years old, you know, I've been a graduate student. And while I was a graduate student, I was, you know, uh, coaching and I was doing writing and I was doing all this sort of stuff. So I just learned that that was my life and that was how I managed stuff. Um, so I would say that, you know, there's like a lot of people are like, Hey, I book every single second of every single day. Um, (laughs) I tried to do that, but I found it didn't really work for me like because I would set like okay from 8 a.m. to eight fifteen I do this right. but then then I'd get an email that needed my immediate attention and then I'd be like well now my whole day's lost so I kind of what I do is I have a to-do list every day and it's prioritized of like here's what has to get done yes um, and then I just start ticking them off as the time goes by I will be like okay you know, I've got a meeting at 10, 11, 2, and I'll kind of the night before be like, this is where I'm probably going to do my big focus blocks of work. Um, but I don't have every second scripted for every single day like some people do.
0: That's good. That's how I do things. And I think that that carries over towards just when we're talking about you know, everyday success and finding time to, you know, what the, I mean, that's the biggest excuse, right? We just don't have time to, we don't have a time to exercise. We don't have time to eat right. We don't have time to get all of our work done. We don't have time to be as successful as we'd want to be because of X, Y, Z. And it's really just kind of structuring our life to be able to do that. And in your case, it's, you know, with your work um, and all of the the myriad of things that I just talked about that that you're doing and creating and for someone else it might be like well how would I how do I structure my life my day-to-day so that the priority is on my food mm-hmm. right? or priorities on my exercise like that's going to be my non-negotiable plan you know my non-negotiable prep time or my non-negotiable exercise time and I'm going to build everything else around that and I think that's a really valuable concept that people need to own up to and, and take, take ownership for.
2: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is I think a lot of people will say those are priorities, but they don't actually make it non-negotiable. Right. And we had, I had this conversation with a group of guys that I've been working with is like, we all go from a to B or B to a, not through like one big decision, but a bunch of micro, I like to call them micro quits, right? Like, okay, Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. is my meal prep time. And then all of a sudden, it's like you're watching TV and it's 2 o'clock, but now it's 2.05 and the show's almost over. And then it's 2.15 and then the phone rings and you answer it. And then it's 2.30 and you're like, oh well, crap, I don't have time to meal prep. It's like they don't – those boundaries get set, but they're soft boundaries, right? Um, like I have employees who, you know, they're like, hey, this is my gym time no matter what. And if I have something that comes up that I need them, they know that I will respect that gym time. Like, okay, they're gone. That's their time. I'm not going to interrupt them even if it's an emergency. And so Mm -hmm. just setting boundaries and really respecting those is, is a big piece of being able to prioritize stuff.
0: (laughs) Brown rice and quinoa aside, if people can, can start to do that with their daily schedule, that in and of itself is going to just make such a big difference. Yeah. You know, put their their boundaries on what their decisions are going to be for the weekend is understanding like, not every weekend can be a blowout weekend. And I understand that, you know, your husband loves to eat out all the time, or, you know, that you're going to a game or a show or that all your friends love to drink all the time. But like, where exactly do your priorities lie? And if it really is that important for you, then you'll make the time to, uh, you know, to get it done. Um, I just want to touch on a couple other things. So what's going on with the NASM certification?
2: This is probably um, one of the biggest areas of the entire field that's needed um, kind of an industry leader, so to speak. You know, I think, you know, like at each perform, we offer a nutrition certification that I think is fantastic. Um, and we do a really good job with that and people come well prepared. But, you know, one of the things that we're facing kind of as a, as a society is we have these big chronic health issues. Um, and the nutrition piece is a large part of it. And for a long time, the industry standard for professionals—you know, personal trainers, uh, nutrition coaches, nutritionists—you know, there has not been a industry standard that's exceptional. Um, there's been some really good stuff, but I think they've all kind of been in their own niche programs, right? Um, like ours, I would still say, well, it's really good as a niche program. I would say Precision Nutrition, while it is really good. Um, is primarily kind of a habit focused piece and it's missing some components. Um, you know, some of like NASM's previous one was pretty good but was missing some components. And what this one did um, that I thought was really well done is it pulled together, um, you know, about 25, 30 different people who were kind of um, experts in their field, um, world class people. And each person got to tackle their own area of expertise. Um, and then we brought it all together and had a senior editorial team that oversaw all of it, right? So you, you've got the people who have their content expertise. Um, you have the people who have kind of a, a broad editorial scientific expertise. And so you can, be, you can be very sure that the information in there is accurate. It's up to date. Um, it's all evidence-based coupled with Um, You know everybody's experience in the field and it's delivered in a way that's very interactive Um, It's you know kind of the old model of here's a textbook read it over the weekend take a test Get certified um, is completely kind of out the window right so now it's you have to work through the entire process It's very it's very iterative. It's interactive. It's got text. It's got questions. It has videos um, it's got a ton of infographics. So it's both a kind of educational platform that's all encompassing, but it's also a, a reference material, right? So when, in 10 years, when you have a client who you don't have an answer to, you can go back and search this document and be like, oh, this is the perfect answer because we've pulled from all these different areas.
0: Nice. That sounds amazing. I know we have a lot of trainers that listen to the show. So if you guys are interested in getting a nutrition certification, then this very, very well be the one for you. So head over to NASM. And, yeah. Um, and,
2: um, I will have a discount code for it sometime here in the next few weeks. Okay. Um, so I can, I can send that to your listeners. Um, and there's going to be something interesting that we'll be doing with, with my discount code. Um, so hopefully I can talk a little bit more about that. And,
0: okay, and cool. So we'll sit on that, but I'll post the, the link in the show notes. So hopefully by the time you listen to this, that will be up and rolling. Um, sounds like a great resource. And I think that the more things that we can contribute to, you know, that are in the field that are actually uh, based on on quality information from practitioners that are in the field, practicing what they preach, the, the better, the more people that we can help. And so that is, is instrumental. Um, Brad, man, you're such a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate all your time and the energy and passion and uh, wisdom and uh, just, keep up the great work. It's just mind blowing the amount of stuff that you're up to, especially the fact that you're always on Facebook too, like promptly responding to, to everyone and, and posting valuable comments on threads and what have you. So, um, you, yeah, dude, it's pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me on, man. It's a, it's a pleasure. I've learned a ton from you. I've always loved our interactions. And, uh, next time I'm down in, in Arizona, we'll have to get together.
0: That'd be great, man. I'd appreciate it. Uh, Until then, take care.
2: All right. Take care, buddy.
0: All right. Bye.
1: Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.